0: Progress. Okay, so we're about to begin the fifth peric of the Netzach Yisrael. In the Sefer, it's Daf A'in Vav. I'm not sure what page it is on the file, but in the Sefer, it's Daf A'in Vav. So just to review the concept of, again, uh, this entire Sefer is really about Geula. But as the Maral said in the beginning of the Sefer, you can't appreciate Geula until you understand what Gaulus is. You can't learn to get to Geula unless you know what mistakes led to Gaulus. So... This Perik, it's a long peric. It's where the morale goes through the famous Gemara's about the korban, But it's, uh, you know, we'll, we'll spin it in a positive way. So he quotes like this this is the beginning of, uh, again, peric hey, daf ayin vav. We'll skip around a little bit. I like to try to go through as kisei there as I can. So Amrav and Rav says the famous Gemara in Gittin that you could learn on Tishabav. Maidikh Siv, what does it mean? Ashrei Adam Mefachid Tomid. The Pesach says that a person should always be fear, fearful. And the way Rashi explains, it doesn't mean fearful. It means you should always anticipate where things are going. You have to sort of be smart. You have to think about it. And as we're going to see, the Gemara says, That the major, one of the aspects of the story of Kamsa and Bar Kamsa, that he's going to quote and he's going to explain today, one of the main problems was, the Rabbonim did not see where this was headed you sort of have to be smart you got to you sort of have to know you have to have seichel a little bit you know there's like ah, a there's a story i saw that it was a, a gabi of r i think it was a gabi of r that went to the rebbe asking the rebbe to help for a brocha to uh, to raise money i think to like build the mikveh in their town so the rebbe gave him a bracha, and then the rebbe said, "You know, there are certain grants or something that you could, you know, from the government that you could talk to." So he smiled, and he sort of said, "We we don't really do that." So the rebbe smiled back, and he said, "You got to know how to live in a normal way, meaning <laughs> they're giving a grant. That's the normal way. You gotta you gotta have seicha a little bit." So this is a very interesting gemara. We'll read the whole gemara. I'll explain it, and you'll sort of see where this is uh, where this aspect is coming in. So first of all, the Yerushalayim was destroyed because of Kamsa, Baran Kamsas, so I'll quote in a second. A Tarnagula Vartanagulta of Tur Malka. The city of Tur Malka was destroyed because of a chicken. Two chickens. Now, he doesn't reference this today, but he does next time, but I'll just tell you the story. The Gemara mentions that the, whenever there was a Chassan and kala, whenever there was a wedding, they would send out a, a, a chicken, a, a, a male and female chicken in front of the chasen and Kala, um, and it was like a good sign, like you should reproduce like chickens. That was one of them in Hagen that they would do. So the story goes, that in the city of Turmalka, they had a chasana, and they did it. And there was a group of Roman officers, and they grabbed the chicken. So instead of having seichel, instead of thinking, maybe we shouldn't be attacking the head, one of the Roman uh, officers, they attacked, which brought the Roman generals to bring their army, and that caused uh, a big uh, big chorven. That caused a big destruction. So that was a Tarnagula, Tarnagulta, uh, Char of Turmalka, and Ashka Derispiki, Char of Beitar. And the great city of Beitar, with all the Jews that were in it, were destroyed because of a wagon's wheel. What is that referring to? There was another minig in, in Beitar. One of the minhagim of Beitar is, uh, it's a cute, it's like a cute, um, like a, not, not, not eBay, Etsy. It's like an Etsy thing, like a cute thing that you could see nowadays. Whenever a baby was born, they would plant a tree. And when a chassan and kala would get married, they would take the trees and build a chuppah out of the trees. That was the minute. So this um, emperor's daughter from Rome, the Roman emperor's daughter, the Caesar's daughter, was driving through Beitar and the wheel of her wagon broke. So she cut down a tree to make the wheel, not realizing that it was a tree belonging to a future chassan and kala. So what should you do? Should you... uh, attack the emperor's daughter? Of course not. You have to have Seichel. You have to realize that, uh, you know, you're not in control. But they didn't, and they attacked. And then that led to a uh, a response, and uh, that destroyed Beitar. So, kamtze kamtze Chav yishalayim. So let's analyze the story of Kamsa Bar Kamsa. is all from the Gemara. We'll read the Gemara, and then we'll explain. He says, What's the story of Kamsa and Bar Kamsa? There was a guy, Ruvein who loved Kamsa, and he hated Bar Kamsa. There's two, two different people in the community. He liked Kamsa, and he hated Bar Kamsa. So Ovid Sudasa he made a wedding. Notice how all three of these things revolve around chasanas. It's interesting. Ovid Sudasa he made a wedding. Amr so he told his uh, his uh, his, gaba, his servant, Zil Kamsa, please invite Kamsa to the wedding. Ozil Isli Bar Kamsa. But instead of inviting Kamsa, he invites Bar Kamsa, the wrong guy, the one is his enemy. So also, Eshechid Yosef. It's a famous Gemara that this person, the, 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 the one who's making the wedding, during the wedding goes, and he sees Bar Kamsa at the Chasana. He says to Bar Kamsa, you're my enemy, my boy is Hachi. What What are you doing here? Not realizing that he was invited there by mistake. Kumpuk, get out of here. You were supposed, I, I meant to invite Kamsa, not Bar Kamsa. So, Lehi, so Bar Kamsa said, listen, I understand we've had our issues. I'm already here at the wedding. Just let me stay. Please let me stay. It'll be embarrassing if I have to leave. And I'll pay for my meal. It's like the Svardi, uh you know, the Svardi Chasana approach. I'll pay for my meal. Just let me stay. I'll pay for my Chassana, for my meal. He says, no, get out of here. He said, okay, at least let me, I'll pay for half the wedding. I'll pay for half the wedding if you let me stay. He said, Bar Kamsa, was a wealthy guy, he said, I'll pay for the entire wedding if you let me stay. He took him by the hand and kicked him out. So, Omar so Bar Kamsa, who was embarrassed, said, said, because the rabbis were at this wedding and they didn't get up. They didn't stop this. They obviously are happy with this behavior. I'm going to cause problems for the Jewish people. I'm going to cause uh, cause issues. So what does he do? So this Bar tells, Kesar, tells the Romans. This is at the point where the Jews and the Romans had made a deal. That we had made a, a pact so he tells the, the Roman uh, Caesar, the Jews are not keeping your pack, they don't respect you, and they're, they're rebelling against you. So the Caesar said, how do I know that the Jews are fighting me? shadlu So Bar said, I'll tell you how, send a carbon from you to be served in the Beis HaMikdash, and the halacha is that a non-Jew is allowed to donate uh, karbonus, certain karbonas, so donate this carbon. And you'll see if they end up bringing it. So Bar Kamsa had a plan. His plan was bide aglatilsa. So the Caesar sends a very a animal, a very very high level animal for the carbon. But as they're walking, Bar Kamsa cuts his lip. The halacha is, the halacha is that an animal that has a cut lip is a mum and cannot be brought on the as a carbon. Now. For non-Jews, it's not a problem. First of all, from non-Jewish law, they don't have an issue. But even from a halachic perspective, a non-Jew on a private altar is allowed to bring a carbon Hashem with a split lip, as long as it does not it's not missing a limb. So Jews and non-Jews, even within halacha, have different laws. But in the Beis HaMikdash... It's not allowed. So, from the Roman's officers, the Caesar's perspective, whatever the head of the Rome, his perspective, this animal's perfectly fine. Even with a split lip, it's perfectly fine. From our perspective, it's not okay. And Bar knew this, and that's what he did. He wanted to. He knew that the Jewish people would not bring this carbon up, which would upset the 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 Caesar, which would cause the Caesar to think that there was a rebellion going on. So the Gemara continues. Also now the problem is the Rabban are faced with the situation. What to do? Do you bring the carbon even though it's not fit for a carbon? Or do you say, well it's not fit for a carbon? You're not allowed. So the Gemara says, Mishum So many Rabbanim felt, bring the animal as a carbon, even though it's puzzle. Because of the of the Malchus. You have to do this said, people are going to say if you could bring this animal as a carbon, then people are going to say that you could bring an animal of a carbon even if it has a split lip so people are going to misconstrue the halacha not allowed so they said okay so then they said let's kill Barkamsa. Barkhamsa is the only one that knows about this he's the only one who's been watching the animal he's the only one who knows the whole story we'll kill Barkamsa. We'll replace the animal with another animal, bring us a carbon, and the, the, the no one will know about it. So the problem is, Amr Zachariah, Zachariah set up again. The problem is, if we kill Bar people are not going to know why we're killing Bar and they're just going to say, oh, if you have a mum, anyone who has a mum, anyone who brings a carbon that has a mum should get killed. They're going to think there's a Chi of Misa for bringing the wrong carbon, which is not. So, Amr um, Rav what, what ended up happening was, the Gemara doesn't say what ended up happening, is they refused to bring it as a carbon. The Romans rebelled, and it led to the Churban. So, Om um, Rav Yechanan, said, Because of his anivus, but it's not anivus; it's more his naivete, his, his lack of a seeing where this was headed, because of Zakhari ben HaKulis, his naive uh, naivete, his, the our our Beis was destroyed. Sarf Esachalenu burnt our hagel with Senumarit Sainu. Shah Dulin Kesar, Shahdi Girl That gemara ends off the story that the, the 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 Roman the head of Rome sent a person named Neron Kesar to Shah Lion Caesar to destroy the Besamikdash. That's an interesting end of the story. Ki osa gira When Niran Kesar wanted to see if Hashem was behind him in destroying Yerushalayim, he sent an arrow an arrow to the east, also not for Yushalayim. It fell in Yerushalayim. L'mayrev, when he shot an arrow to the west, not for Yerushalayim. Hashemayim, also not No matter what area he shot the arrow, it always fell in Yerushalayim. It would turn in midair to go to Yerushalayim. And that was a sign from him that HaKadosh Baruch Hu wants Yerushalayim to fall. So so there was a concept in the times of the Gemara that if you saw a little kid leaving Yeshiva and you asked them, what did you learn today? Whatever he says is like a small prophecy. So now that Neron Kesar is convinced that HaKadosh Baruch wants to destroy Yerushalayim, so he says to this little kid leaving the Besmejish, what Pasuk did you learn today? So Amar Lehi, he quoted a pasuk in Nitzavkel, "Vnasati es nikmasi biarami Yisrael," that I will take my rebellion against, I will take my revenge against Edom. I will punish those that destroy the Beis Hamikdash. So Niran Kesar is convinced that Hakadosh Baruch Hu wants to destroy the Beis Hamikdash, but he realized that if he does it, he'll be the he'll be uh, punished. So Amar, so Niran Kesar said to himself, "Hakadosh Baruch boy boi lahakriv beiseh. Hashem is interested in destroying the Beis Hamikdash because that time has come." but he wants to wash his hand clean, he wants me to be punished for this. he went and he converted And And from Nirun Kesar comes Ravmeir. All of Terra Stam Mishnah of Meir comes from this person that was on his way to destroy the Beis HaMikdash. Now, the, the reason why the Gemara started off by saying that a person should have Asheri Adem, a that a person should have Seichel, is because if Rav Zechari ibn Avkulis would have seen where this was headed, could have avoided the Khurban. Okay, but that's the story. The story is from Kamsa, Bar Kamsa causes the Beis HaMikdash to be destroyed. If you don't mind skipping for one moment to Daf Ayin Tes. Ayin Tes is where he describes this Gemara We'll go through it for a few more minutes, about 10 more minutes, and then uh, we'll pick it up next time. Akamsa bar Kamsa, the Besamikdash was destroyed. Again, because of Kamsa bar Kamsa, the Besamikdash, Yerushalayim was destroyed. Because of a chicken, Turmalka was destroyed. And because of a wagon wheel, Beitar was destroyed. Three. So the Maral says, Kosha, Why was it that these three destructions happened over time? It was Yerushalayim, and then eventually Turmalka, and then many, many years later, betatar. So why was it not all at once? Why was it in stages? How come it all didn't just happen at once? What's the significance of having the Khurban at three different stages? Another question, And why is it that because of a chicken, I told you the story, that they had chickens for the chasana, for the chasana and kala is a good sign, and Roman officers, uh, some Roman soldiers took it, and they attacked the Roman soldiers, which created an uprising, and then the Jewish people were killed. But why is it that HaKadosh Baruch Hu chose a chicken to bring down the city of Turmalka? Because there's nothing that's going on that's coincidental, especially Nothing that happens in Yerushalayim, nothing that happens in Eretz Yisrael is coincidence. You have it, you know, when you see nowadays with all the crazy stuff that you see in the news, you don't believe there's no coincidence anywhere. But definitely not in Eretz Yisrael. In Eretz Yisrael, a place that HaKadosh Baruch says, Eine Hashem elekecha ba mereshesh hashanan achres that the eyes of Hashem are focused on Eretz Yisrael and focused on Yerushalayim, there's no coincidences. So what's the Pshat? And again, Beitar was assured because the wagon wheel, it's not a coincidence. And especially Yushalayim, that it was destroyed because of bar it's not a coincidence. So he says, The words of Chazal are very deep. You see, the moral is going to explain that there's three aspects that we're missing. There's three elements that the world is missing that when Hashem's presence is filled, there's three uh, aspects that Eretz Yisrael has, and each one was destroyed by a different stage. What are those three aspects? Kasha Yisrael Baaretz, when Klal Yisrael in Eretz Yisrael with Hashem's presence, Yisheva Aretz B'Shloy Shedvar. There were three aspects of Yisheva Aretz. There were three aspects of Eretz Yisrael being filled, of Eretz Yisrael being inhabited in three ways. Number one, Harisho Yenalakal. Number one, and that's the highest form, and that is, Number one is, Hashem's presence was in Eretz Yisrael. Now that's not just a spiritual uh, boost, but it affected physical life as well. There's no greater inhabitants than Hashem's presence itself filling the land. And when Hashem's presence is resting somewhere, it's not just a spiritual aspect, but there's a physical aspect element as well, and that is an aspect of Hashem's presence, the way you could feel Hashem's presence is there'll be more rain, there'll be more fruits and vegetables, even as the Pesach says, right, it's Eretz right, that you had a giant fruit and, and, and that's the way it was in the times of the Beis amikdash and I've mentioned many times, spoke about our Shavis, again, however you look at Eretz Yisrael now, but it's there's a Ramban, the Ramban writes by the Teichacha that the Pasuk says that Eretz will be desolate. The Ramban says that's not a curse forever. It'll be desolate as long as it's in the hands of the Goyim. That Eretz will not open itself up. Eretz will not allow its brachas to be revealed zman, that it's under the Shlita of the Goyim. But as long as Jews come back, once Jews start coming and filling the land, the bracha will start coming, right? The Shechina comes back. Not the Shechina, so to speak, of the times of the Beis HaMikdash, but we know when you have a minion of Jews, Shechina Shari So when you have millions of Jews, especially Jews that are Isaac and Torah Mitzvahs, in Eretz Yisrael, it brings the, the Shechina. Not to the same extent that it was in the times of the Beis HaMikdash, but more than it was in the 1700s. And therefore, Eretz Yisrael, says the morale, the first aspect of Yishuv, When that they had in the times of the Beis HaMikdash, is Hashem's presence, which brings fruits and vegetables, which brings rain in the proper time, which brings physical Gashmias. Physical, the land itself is more beautiful. That was the first aspect. That Hashem's presence is Hashem staring at Eretz Yisrael. And Hashem is Taiv. And wherever Hashem is found, there is more Taiv. Therefore, the first aspect of Yishav Aretz. That they lost in the korban was that rain, that dew, that fruits and vegetables, that 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 beauty to the physical land of Eretz Yisrael. That was the first thing that they had. Hasheni, the second aspect, Hayyuba Eretz Ribayam. Second aspect is very simple. A lot of Jews. Number one, Eretz Yisrael was filled with dew and rain and fruits and vegetables, and the land was green and the land was beautiful. That's the first aspect. Number two, they Pasha had a lot of Jews. A lot of Jews. That's the second aspect of how the land was inhabited by Jews. And number three, Number three is big cities. Big, strong cities. And when you drive in Eretz Yisrael, you see the mountaintops just filled with houses. The Jews are always in the top of the mountains. If Arabs are always in the valley. When you see the mountains, and they're filled with Yidin, Harnof, and all these things, that's a Yeshiva arts. So the Yeshiva arts is in three ways. Hashem's presence, which brings... Rain and matar, and and fruits and vegetables. A lot of Jews push it. And three is fortified cities. So it says the Maral: Elu gimel gimel elu And the truth is, we actually see this, and the Maral says beautifully when Moshe Rabbeinu told the, the the spies to check out Eretz Yisrael. What does he say? mahi check out the land its nature is it strong hamat are there a lot of people or not those three aspects is what moshe benu was was alluding to that those are the three aspects that eretz shor will always have that when hashem's presence is in the land its strong fortified cities rav there's a lot of jews that are going to be there and mahi and look at the land itself with rain and and and, and, and green and, and and fruits and vegetables and and the the beauty of the actual land itself, those are the three aspects of Yishav it's that Moshe Rabbeinu was saying. You, you're going to see when you go to Eretz if you have the eyes to see them. Not if you have the eyes of the ra'a, Look at the land to see if it's good or is it bad. Look at the, the cities. Are they fortified or not? And then Hatoveh says the Meral. Whether the city, the, the country is good, that's referring to orchards, that's referring to vineyards, Poshet is Hashem's presence, Hashem's presence is going to be there, that there's going to be fruits and vegetables, that's the first one. And therefore you have these three aspects, each one was at, was was part of the destruction, the destruction of Kamsa Bar Kamsa, which is Yushalayim, the destruction of Turmalka, and the destruction of Beitar, each one is destroying a different aspect of the Yeshiva arts. He says, Mitzchilachar of The first thing you had was Yushalayim, which was due to Sin Aschinim, due to Kamsa Bar Kamsa, Hashem's presence left. When Hashem's presence left, there could still be a lot of Jews. Beitar still had millions of Jews. There could be a lot of Jews, but Hashem's presence left. And therefore, there was no more fruits and vegetables, no more bracha, no more bracha in the Shmena Aretz. Then he says, "Ki kvar gazal ki be shul Then, so that's the first one. Then they had Tur Malka. Tur Malka was not a strong city, but it had a lot of people. It had a multitude, multitude of Jews. That's the second aspect of Yishuv Arutz that was destroyed. And finally, the last one was Beitar. Beitar was a fortified, strong city. And when that fell, that's why it happened in three different stages. And again, the purpose of learning this is because then you'll start seeing with your own eyes those three aspects beginning to come back: the cities of Eretz Israel to be become being fortified again, the amount of Jews going in, and the more tarry the more of Hashem's presence, which bring more bracha and more bracha. And Eretz Israel is a place that has the best fruits and vegetables. It has it has gashmius in ways that are that you would not expect in that area, all because of Hashem's presence that's being rested, which comes not just from Yidin, but from Yidin there being Oysik and Tara Mitzvah. And that itself brings Hashem's presence back. Now, just if you don't mind skipping for one little bit, I'll say the one page outside, and then I want to read one page, Daf Gimel. First of all, he says, why is the name Kamsa The name Kamsa means, a Kmitza means a portion. Like Kmitza, they would take a portion of, of flour as part of the carbon." Kamsa means a part of. It by definition means machloikas. It's not a whole unit. It's just a piece. Everything turns into pieces. Klal Yisrael were losing that unity that they had and they were becoming little, little groups. Little, little pieces. He points out that even in Aramaic, one of the types of grasshoppers is called a kamsa. And he says why? Yesh be'em Because while there are a lot of grasshoppers, each one is an individual. The very fact that there there's a tremendous amount of them, but they're all individuals, that itself comes from that aspect of a lack of achtos. So even when you have a lot of Jews, they could have millions of Jews together, but if they have that ideology is different and there's that cinebane, it's not gonna work. And I just want to do one more page and we'll stop. We're up to Daf Gimel. He has a very, very interesting point, and that is we understand the story of Kamsa Barakams. I get it. There was a Machloikas. He liked Kamsa, didn't like Bar Kamsa, Bar Kamsa got kicked out of the wedding, Bar Kamsa. Who's the bad guy? Bar Kamsa. So how come the story, it says, because of Kamsa and Bar Kamsa, the base Hamikdash was destroyed? What did Kamsa do? So yeah, it's it's just, it's a nice flow, Kamsa, Bar Kamsa, but it's not Kamsa's fault. Kamsa was a guy who had a, who, let's say the one who was making the chas was Ruvain. Ruvain and Kamsa were buddies. And Reuven, instead of inviting Kamsa, invited Bar Kamsa. Bar Kamsa is the one who's kicked out. Bar Kamsa is the one who goes to the Caesar. Bar Kamsa is the one who causes the Churven. So what is Kamsa doing? Why is he listed as Kamsa Bar Kamsa? I understand that for the flow of the Gemara, it's cute Kamsa Bar Kamsa, but his name is forever associated with Machloikas. What did he do? And says the Maral and Daph Pei I don't understand. What did Kamsa do wrong? What was his sin? That because of Kamsa, what did he do? He was just a body of, of his. And this next paragraph, I think, is very important. It's very important also because especially when someone, like when you're making a shul, as, you know, I could tell you from experience, that whenever you're making a shul, but it's not just true of the shul, it's true with the family, schools. You want to have achdus, and you want to have people that are friendly, but you have to make sure that it does not go to where this is about to go. It says the Maral, you should know. because that generation had You see, you know what Kamsa's relationship was? Kamsa and Ruvain were buddies. You wanna know why they were buddies? The entire relationship was very much a click. It was very clicky. It was very much to put down others. Meaning Kamsa was not just this guy who was friendly with Reuven. Kamsa's whole relationship of being friendly was to the exclusion of others. And he says, <laughs> Their whole relationship was not just that they were friends, and it's not just they were friendly. They became very clicky. They would be very, very difficult for outsiders to get in, and they would push them away. And they would put them down when the people were not around. So it's not just Bar kamsa. You want to know why they hated Bar Kamsa? Because Kamsa would talk, uh, you know, they're all very friendly, but it was putting down everybody that wasn't a part of their group. And that's the way it was in the times of the Kamsa. Why do you think they love Kamsa? They love Kamsa because their love was Machloikas. Their entire relationship was not just, it was to put down everyone else. But Therefore, Kamsa is not an innocent bystander. The reason why they loved, he loved Kamsa, hated Bar Kamsa, is because their whole relationship was not just a healthy love. It was a love to put down other people. And that's a very dangerous thing when you want people to be very friendly. You have to make sure that it doesn't become this unhealthy clique, where if anybody is different, you, you push them down. And that's a very, very dangerous, subtle area to be careful with, says Amaral. And he says, And that's why his name, the one who who is the, the good one, so to speak, the one who gets along with the Balsimcha, his name is Kamsa. Kamsa means machloikis. It means part of. It means small pieces. It means not a whole. Their whole relationship was they were trolls. That's what they were. They were internet trolls. That's what their relationship. So yeah, to the outside, it looks like they're super friendly. And the outside, he looks like a great guy. But if you actually got to know Kamsa, you realize that his entire relationship was to put down everyone who was not a part of their group. <speaking in Hebrew> and therefore, their Ahava was really <speaking in Hebrew> And therefore, says the Maral, he's not an innocent bystander. Kamsa is part of the issue. Because it's Dafka his Ahava, his dafka, his love or his click, whatever, but he put down everybody. And that's something you have to be very careful with. That a lot of times people, they want to become very friendly and it's very nice. But that, but you have to make sure that your relationship does not become those guys that are sitting around putting down everybody else. And that's exactly what Kamsa's relationship was. And that's the led to the Machleikas of Kamsa and Bar Kams. And as we learned last time, the first Beis HaMikdash was built in the Schos of each Jew. That was destroyed by the Gimel Averis. The second Beis HaMikdash, they were not Zoycha anymore. They weren't on the same level. So what was their Schos? Their Schos was Achdus. And if a Jew has Achdus, then Hashem doesn't see the flaws. But once Kamzibarkamzah came into such a situation that there was such level of machleigah, such level of sinna, then it fell apart. That's why all the svarim says, as I mentioned last time, from the Chavetz Chaim, that based on the issue will be rebuilt in Ahava Sistral. Because the truth is, it's very hard to rebuild each individual to that point of bias region. But the one thing we could do is to have Lech Kenois Kala Yehudim, like Esther Amalka said, and it's dafka those type of that type of relationship that'll bring just Ahava and just Shalom and Ahtus. I will continue it uh, next time, Beis recording stopped